This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Bama Online Podcast. This one's set for Wednesday afternoon, May the 4th, 2022. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BOL, alongside Senior Team Reporter Charlie Potter, who has already reminded me that it is actually May the 4th be with you, right, Charlie? That's what we've got before Cinco de Mayo coming up tomorrow. Yeah, it's a big week. Um I've already seen the the Obi Wan Kenobi trailer a couple times this morning. I know you're really excited for that series to come out. Uh, but that's the thing, though, too. Um, Cinco de Mayo is tough in Tuscaloosa because it, everyone flocks to the Mexican restaurants, and there's not just like a great Mexican restaurant. And now I know you and I, uh, you know, poured one out for the the loss of Chewy's over here. Oh, and, uh, still pouring it out. Yeah, it, that's a that's a sad one. So guess we're gonna the, the the thing to do is to go out at a at an odd time like at three or four o'clock that's the time you're gonna get a table and, and a margarita but um no may the 4th it's a big day obi-wan kenobi let's go you know i never was big on the star wars franchise i think we talked about that here although i did i did like the, the empire strikes back there you go. so there was one of them that i at least had a. Uh, a passing interest and some enjoyment from. So I'm not just anti Star Wars, but no, we've been seeing those memes throughout the day. Of course, Cinco de Mayo coming up on Thursday. You're right, man. I still don't understand it with Chewies. How, how many Chewies have you ever seen go out of business? No, like the I one at the summit yeah. in Birmingham. You go over there at just about any time that you're on a wait, even mm-hmm. before COVID. I think the problem, I think we've talked about this before on the podcast with the Tuscaloosa Choice and Choice Corporate, by the way, I know you didn't ask me about this, but (laughs) they did the happy hour free food. Remember the nacho bar Mm -hmm, they -hmm. did? And I think the college kids went in there and just ate them out of business, essentially. They go in there and get waters to drink and then hammer that nacho bar, Charlie. That's my theory anyway. I don't know if you have one. I mean, that's a smart way to do it if you're a college kid because yeah, Absolutely. that was a that was a great um, yeah, what just like chips and a little no, you no, know, no, queso. No. It was like you could build a damn Nacho Supreme for free over there. Yeah, but that's the that's also the the way to get the queso without paying for it too because queso is extra. You just go exactly. get a bowl of queso. So I, I don't know if that was the ultimate downfall. I don't know what kind of what rent is over there. Was it Legacy Park? Um, it went but, cheap. Yeah, but who knows? Mismanagement still, in general, I guess, yeah. well, to a high degree, though, for a choice to go out. That's gone out. The nothing but noodles over there went out of business already, too. So mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. You know, that somehow, um, you know, not to 
you know, sit here and, and dump on some local businesses, even though they're a chain. The, the Pyro's Pizza joint over there, we went to that shortly after it opened, and the wife said never again. And so it's it's still alive and kicking, though, so I don't know what it is. I don't know. You know, I the Heat Pizza Bar, big fan of Frank and the crew down there uh, at Government Plaza. So that's always kind of my go-to. You got Mellow Mushroom that does a good pie mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. there in the downtown area. So it's a strong pizza market right now. You had Blaze, I guess Pyro. Um, there's, been a, there's a lot of pizza places. Uh, I remember in my day back in the early 90s, man, when Papa John's, Came to Tuscaloosa, it was it may as well have been Roos Chris coming to Tuscaloosa <laughs> at the time, Charlie. They would do these five dollar large delivered with that garlic butter. Mm-hmm. And uh that accounts for probably at least one of the two stents I've had put in here in the last three or four years. But um no Cinco de Mayo coming up. Um We've got uh, – I know you're interested in some movies. There, it seems like we're about to have a stretch where we're going to have some solid cinema, I guess, Charlie. Uh, and I love concert season. You got that with the Tuscaloosa Amphitheater. I've been in Florida, went and saw Billy Strings on Sunday night, the end of his three-night run at the St. Augustine Amphitheater there in the ancient city. He's just a, a virtuoso on the guitar, Billy Strings, and caught Elton John here in the last couple of weeks, the nice. Who here in the last couple of weeks. So I'm not a festival guy anymore. I've officially retired from festivals. I just don't have any interest in them at this point in my life. So I just kind of string together these individual shows. And when you think about it, it sort of makes up a festival lineup in, in and of themselves. And, uh, what do you, what do you got on the movie? The cinema tap, Dr. Strange, you told me is cranking up here in a couple of days. Yeah. And I'm one, I'm really bad about not being able to avoid the internet. And like, if I see what is a spoiler or like, like a YouTube video or a link, like it's like our subconscious just makes me click on it. So I have to go watch it like as soon as it comes out or else I'm, I'm going to be spoiled the movie is going to be ruined for me at least the, the surprise element so probably going to go uh here tomorrow night to watch it and you know i'm i'm invested in the marvel cinematic universe i've seen mm-hmm. them all i've seen all the shows um but no i mean from the concert standpoint that is smart because i've, I've done hangout a couple times and now even that's a little different and it isn't as enticing so to to string together yeah a bunch of of artists and uh, bands that you like to see that that's a smart way of doing it yeah i've seen the drive-by truckers here in the last few weeks i've seen charlie crockett in the last month when you put all these bands together right and even if you do the math on the ticket prices for what a festival pass costs these days i probably still came out on the good side yeah, Ryerpalooza you know? seems to be working. Ryerpalooza. There we go. I like that. I like that. Now, the the, the kids that we have, they, they still love the festival. So mm-hmm. Bonnaroo coming up, things like that, they're they're fully in. But um, shaky knees, things like that. Yeah. But I, I'm done, officially retired uh, from, the, uh, it's, from the fest scene. It's a lot of work. and Exactly. Uh, like – I, when we would go to hang out, we would stay on the strip down there and um, go short. You still there. had to walk. Yeah. God knows how long just to stand around all day. If you're not properly hydrated in both senses of the word, then it's going to be a long <laughs> day. So uh, I've seen, like, I've wanted to go down to Jazz Fest in New Orleans, but I know how hot it gets in New Orleans mm-hmm. in the summer. And I just, I can't, I can't talk myself into that one. My son, our son, Evan, is a big festival person and he's done 
Jazz Fest, and he 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 said exactly what you said, um, and that's that's understanding. He's done Bonnaroo and some of these others that are just massive festivals, but uh, he wasn't very big on Jazz Fest either. After after a visit down there, the lineup is always tremendous though down oh, yeah. there, yeah. In New Orleans, and we talk about sort of these mile markers, maybe more from a pop culture standpoint, but when you consider the approach of summer and some of the events that lead up to it, the NFL draft certainly qualifies, right? And mm-hmm. Before we get into some of the nuts and bolts from the Alabama perspective, the Alabama contingent, the seven players selected in the three-day festivities out in Las Vegas this time around, I'm always interested in how people consume events like the NFL draft because it does span multiple days and it is accessible on multiple platforms, whether you're talking about the ESPN family of networks, NFL network, uh, but also social media. And more and more for me, it seems like it's become something that I consume in large part on social media. I don't know if it's the time between picks uh, with the first round, I can't stay engaged to the broadcast like I probably need to. And so many of these picks, you know, they're making you wait the full 10, I guess, mm-hmm. to fulfill content space, right? Um, and they just kind of lose me. What What's your avenue of choice uh, when it comes to that? Or from a perspective of what you do for us at BamaOnline.com, do you feel like you have to tune into the broadcast more than just get the information on social media. How do you go about that, Charlie? Yeah, what I do is, um, it's not very elaborate. I, I just turn on the broadcast. And this year I watched ESPN. Um, you know, our AT&T dropped uh, NFL Network. And I, I tried YouTube, YouTube TV for a little bit. I'm probably going to end up going to that ultimately. But I was like, I'm just going to stick with ESPN and ABC uh, this year. And um what I do is for the first round I, on our message board, the, the first round I have like a, a live blog essentially. And so I keep up with every pick and that way, you know, it's, it's still, I'm paying attention. Like I'm, I'm not, you know, doing something off to the side while I'm, of course you're going to have to you know write up these stories and post the draft picks when they happen. But the first and, and second days of the draft, I post every pick on our message board. And then day three, I, I do kind of notable ones, you know, SEC players, the quarterbacks, you know, when a specialist is taken off the board, maybe a player of note or something like that. So it's about every, you know, four or five picks you're, you're posting on the board. But it, it does get kind of convoluted and um, a little boring in between picks, to be honest, especially the first round and the second uh, and third rounds when they're taking so much time between picks. And they're announcing every one of them. But you know, social media is a good way to kind of fill that space. And you know, there's several accounts out there that are you know putting these picks out there, which is nice whenever you're having to post stories. But um, yeah, it's a it's a huge event, but I feel like it could be managed a little better and a little bit more um, to appease the fans and, and not let them lose interest. I don't think anybody's losing interest in the NFL these days, but. The draft could be you – know, you could cut off a couple hours from this thing, and everybody would be pretty happy. Yeah, I saw some mention on social media about how about a Manning cast for yeah. even just the first round. I would probably be more likely to tune into that and be captivated by Eli and Peyton Manning breaking down players, you know, going through some stuff. Now, whether or not they have any interest in that, I would guess that right now they probably don't. 
I mean, we're not even getting a full season of Manning cast games for the Monday night games at this point. So uh, who knows whether or not they have any real interest in that. But I think, I think that would capture me more and hold me more than the broadcasts that, that we see right now, which are either NFL slanted on one network, uh, another network. It's more the, the college talent uh, on air talent that, that is providing their insight and coverage of the event. So uh, they're all around it, I think, but they just haven't quite hit the target, at least in terms of, you know, what I would consider to be captivating coverage. I, 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 right now, I'm still just give me the information guy as yeah. much as anything else. Well, they've tried to do a little branching out like you talked about with the college angle on ABC with like the college uh, game day crew. And, and I didn't really watch that. Um, you know, the first round was a struggle enough with Booger McFarlane on there on ESPN. But Oof. I know you and I agree that Lewis Riddick is one of the best analysts out there. Absolutely. And, and he was, you know, entertaining to be. Uh, on that set, and then Reese Davis took over on on Saturday for round or for day three of the draft. And Reese is a, a consummate professional and does a great job. But um, yeah, it's just, I mean, the the draft can be consumed in in so many ways. But uh, it is just kind of like, hurry up, give me the pick, let's move to the next one. That's what anybody wants. Now I get it, you know, the teams need time to make the pick, but most of the time the pick is in, graphic is up on the screen for five plus minutes every time. Like they could, they could do this a little bit. Oh yeah. They'll show the war room and there's nothing going on. The people in the war room are just kind of sitting there smiling. So the pick is obviously the card has been turned in and we're still forced to kind of sit there. Now, maybe I guess they're, they're taking a lot of time because who knows, you still might get a call, right? A potential uh, trade opportunity before that, that timeframe expires so maybe that has something to do with it but uh it doesn't make for fluidity i guess we could say uh where the broadcast is concerned now for the alabama guys seven players drafted you know we talked about on our previous podcast here the potential for maybe an alabama player to go in each of the seven rounds that was in play going into day three although you figured with everything that had happened on day two uh, with the vast majority of Alabama's picks in this year's draft going in the second and third rounds, uh, that wasn't as likely to happen, that scenario. But well, we, we outlined potentially nine, ten guys that, that were likely to be selected in the process this year, and you know, Alabama came up a little bit short of that. They did. Now, I, I think some people maybe labeled this as a disappointing draft, for Alabama, I don't think that's accurate because you had seven guys go in the top 120 picks. You know, it says a lot. But I, I was expecting Josh Job and Chris Allen to hear their names called. I thought nine was about where it would end up. I thought, you know, maybe a, a Slade Bolden, maybe a LeBron Ray, but I kind of had them penciled in as undrafted free agents, which they ended up being. But, um, you know, to have two guys selected in, in each of the first three rounds and then a guy come off the board in the top 15 picks of the fourth. It's still a successful draft for Alabama. Um, they continue their streaks, which is important. And, um, you know, I think some of these guys that signed as free, uh, undrafted free agents, there were five of them, you know, landed in good spots. All of them went to you know, what people consider to be, um, you know, stronger, the very least consistent franchises. So I think everybody landed in a good spot. I know we're probably going to talk about that here in a little bit, but, um, you know, seven guys that early, still a good draft, and I think it should have been more. But we saw kind of throughout the draft the a theme is you know guys that have 
you know, injury issues or injury concerns kind of fell a little bit in the draft. Uh, we saw Nicobe Dean uh, fall quite a bit. Uh, it took forever for a guy like Justin Ross from Clemson, who a few years ago, like he would be one of the first guys off the board going drafted and didn't even sign with the team until uh, yesterday or the day before. So, um, you know, guys like Josh Job and Chris Allen that dealt with injuries, they they probably fell because of that. But I think they're going to have opportunities to, to land on the roster, no doubt. I thought it was a great draft for Alabama. I had seven players selected. And when you look at the roster for next season or this season, I guess we could call it at this point, um, Bryce Young's in this draft. He's a first-round pick, right? Mm-hmm. Will Anderson's in this draft. He's a first-round pick, right? I mean, Number one overall, at, maybe. Yeah. Right. Oh, if Will Anderson was in this draft and my Jags did not take him number one, I'd still be probably requiring a jacket that would contain me maybe in some form or fashion. But yeah, when you think about the first rounders that Alabama brings back, what about Jordan Battle? He might he might have been a top two round guy this year at the safety position. So um, a couple different ways to look at that. We'll get into more of the maybe projecting ahead for the 2023 NFL draft coming up. So when you think about fits, though, and understanding, obviously, these guys were fits every in every situation because they were drafted by these particular teams to fill needs. But who do you like in terms of all the variables in play, not only the ability to walk in and and be a day one starter, perhaps, or at least a significant contributor, but also viability where winning championships is concerned. Of these seven guys from Alabama that were drafted over the weekend, who do you think came out on the, the right end of that part of it? Well, the the winning aspect is kind of tough because of the seven guys, <laughs> I think, you know, Jalen Armour Davis probably went to the most stable franchise in, in the Ravens, and the Ravens had another successful draft, which is nothing new for them. But uh, in terms of fit, I, I like Evan Neal. I mean, it's it's easy to take the guy that was first off the board, but he goes in and, and fills an immediate need at right tackle for the Giants. Um, you know, they have Andrew Thomas at left tackle, and I think they had, you know, they, they need to help at a lot of areas, but to get Evan Neal and Kayvon Thibodeau in their first two picks – um, a successful first round for them, a successful draft, really. Um, but I, I think Evan's a guy that can go in and start right away and, and solidify that right tackle spot. Also, I mean, Jamison Williams, the next guy off the board. You look at the Lions and their wide receiving core. Um, you know, they had DJ Chart, former Jacksonville Jaguar. Um, you know, St. Brown's been a, a nice player for them, but they don't have just, you know, a marquee name at wide receiver. And I think, you know, Jamison, whenever he's healthy, can go in and make an an immediate impact. I think the same goes for John Mechie in Houston. Um, Whenever he's healthy, they have guys like Brandon Cooks and and Chris Conley, I think. But, um, yeah, I think for the most part, all these guys went to a good situation. Um, You know, again, I don't think any of these guys are going to be competing for a Super Bowl this season. But I think they made their teams better and their teams feel really good about the picks. Of course, that's that's always going to be the case. But, you know, for the Texans and the the commanders to get a couple of Alabama players at positions that can help, um, you know, whether they're starters or or backups, uh, I think everybody kind of landed in a good spot. But I think of the seven, Evan Neal you know, makes the most sense because he's going to be a day one starter on that offensive line. Yeah. Jalen Armour Davis was a part of a Baltimore draft class that has been widely lauded uh, for the the work done by that front office in the draft process. And I guess Anthony Averett 
has moved on to the Las Vegas Raiders. So you just mm-hmm. backfill with another Alabama guy <laughs> in the secondary to go along with Marlon Humphrey. And man, Washington just loves them some Bama, don't they? I mean, they do, yeah. Phil Mathis, Brian Robinson. Um, I'm with you on the Jamison Williams pick by the Lions, and you combine that with Aiden Hutchinson there early in that draft. Seems like there's some positive momentum at least uh, on the outside for a Lions franchise that has forever been uh, really not a participant where playoff expectations are concerned. I think the same thing for Houston with with Mechie and Christian Harris going in there to the Texans and uh, obviously quarterback concerns uh, there as well as Davis Mills really the guy. Uh, I'm with you, though. I think the opportunity for Mech, assuming he's healthy and ready to go fairly early in the 2022 season, I think he has all the earmarks of a high-level number two. But in Houston, you know, he, he could be a volume guy in the in the very near future uh, for that team. So undrafted free agents in the wake of the draft. Charlie, you obviously did a great job keeping up with that stuff as well for us there at BamaOnline.com. Uh, you mentioned a little bit of surprise and Josh Job not being selected. Maybe Christopher Allen in that boat as well. But some other guys that went the UFA route that you think have you know decent opportunities to to make a club. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of these guys might end up on the practice squad. Yeah, that's just kind of the nature of the beast. You have 90 men rosters. You got to cut them down to, to 53. But, um, you know, Chris Owens going to the Steelers, uh, LeBron Ray going to the Patriots, and Slade Bolden going to the Ravens. We saw the Ravens you know, draft or uh, trade Hollywood Brown to the Cardinals. So uh, I think, you know, he is going into a room that already is missing his top option. So that, that can never hurt a guy trying to make a roster. And, and Slade's a player that can fill a lot of roles. He's a special teams guy as well. And when you're trying to make a roster, the more hats you can wear, the better – uh, your chances are. And, and Chris Owens, you know, he's a guy that he's played every position on the offensive line, and, and that can certainly help. You know, they have J.C. Hassenauer there in, in Pittsburgh who can, you know, play the center position and has, can play guard. But, you know, Chris Owens' versatility, maybe it'll help him. I, I think the guys that I, I think will probably have the best chance of, of making the roster are Job and Allen. And you look at just what Philadelphia has, they have Darius Slay at, at one of their corner spots, obviously. But I think. With the other guys they have on their roster, he has an, an opportunity uh, in Denver. You know, the the top two guys are going to be Bradley Chubb, and I think they signed Randy Gregory uh, opposite him. You know, this off season, but you know, no Von Miller, of course, in Denver anymore, and and maybe Chris Allen can can you know make that rotation and be a, a backup. So uh, it, it's tough to tell with some of these undrafted free agents. Again, I think all of them went to to good teams. Um, that all of those teams have a better chance of winning than the than the teams that uh, drafted a player, at least you know from from the you know first three round perspective. But um, you know, twelve total guys landed on rosters uh, after the season. That's another you know feather in, in Nick Saban's cap, and uh, it just adds to the guys that are on NFL rosters, which counted them up. I think it's seventy four as of right now, and and that doesn't include guys like Julio Jones and. Landon Collins and Dante Hightower, who are currently uh, free agents and are going to be on a roster uh, at one point or another. So you know, that number is going to balloon. It'll it'll dwindle once we get closer to the start of the season and, and guys will land on some practice squads. But for now, these guys are on rosters and, and they, all have, they all have good opportunities to try to prove themselves. 
never too early, of course, to think about the 2023 NFL draft and looking at the roster Alabama returns as far as draft eligible prospects for a year from now. Well, even if you look at some of the far too early, way too early uh, first round mocks for 2023, uh, it doesn't take long to find names like Will Anderson and Bryce Young. And I'm looking specifically at one from CBS Sports, which we'll reference here from Ryan Wilson. We're part of the CBS Interactive uh, family, of course. Uh, he has Will Anderson going number one overall to the Houston Texans. So you could have uh, Mechie, um, Christian Harris, maybe Will Anderson together in that scenario uh, out there in Houston. A little bit of a surprise here based on Ryan's first round mock in that Bryce Young doesn't show up until the seventh pick mm-hmm. to the Carolina Panthers. So that's interesting to consider. But man, it is such a a crapshoot in trying to put these together <laughs> this early because we talked about it before the podcast you pointed this out. Um, it's as if uh, some of these people that are you know, put in charge of doing these things, um, you know, they're, they're not really totally aware of the current situation for some of these guys that the programs are with. Look at Eli Ricks, for example, he shows up in the CBS first round mock at uh, the 23rd pick from Alabama. Um, you know, Emil Echior, that's, that's interesting to see at the guard position, uh, in the first round based on this mock Jordan battle to the bills late in the first round. So, uh, there's still a lot to be determined, I guess, is the point, including guys like Eli Ricks, who had some unfortunate news off the field here in the last four or five days. He's, he's got to win a spot. He's got to win a job. Um, you know, before I think you can really think of him in terms of a first round pick in a year's time. Yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of people were going off of what he did at LSU. And I don't think that's that ridiculous, but you know, in, in corners, they've become a, a sexy first round pick. You've seen sure. more corners come off the board than safety of late. But, you know, to me, it obviously starts with Will Anderson and, and Bryce Young. And I've seen some mocks that had Bryce as the, the third quarterback off the board. And, you know, I, I think there'll be, you know, questions maybe about, his size and things like that. Look, the dude won the Heisman Trophy. He's proven that, you know, he's certainly capable, and and that's no longer really a a big, um, you know, eyesore to NFL teams. There are plenty of, of shorter quarterbacks in the league, so I think Bryce not among the top, you know, three or four players in any mock draft at this point is absurd. And really, that's that's the word I kind of use, and I hate to do it, but for a lot of these, because. A lot of it's just name recognition. It's like, oh, I know that guy. Let's let's throw him in there. You know, I've added them in in the the roundup I did in mock drafts. But Alabama's not going to have seven first round picks next year. Um, that's just it's it's not the case. I think right now it's Anderson and Young, and then the third player I'd put in there is Jordan Battle, like you said. You know, I think Henry Toa Toa deserves maybe some mention. I think maybe a guy like Emil Ekior can certainly work his way up there, but. It's just it's it's way too early for a reason, and um, I think Alabama is going to have another successful draft next year. We alluded to it earlier, you know, just the fact that if some of these guys were able to come out this year, then the number of draft picks would have ballooned, and the number of first round draft picks would have ballooned. But um, they're going to break that record set by Miami for most consecutive drafts with at least one first round pick next year, and I think they can get to double digit draft picks. But you know, they're not going to get to seventy percent of that in the first round. I think it'll be another successful draft. I think a lot of these guys, um, you know, can improve that stock over the course of the season, but 
you know, not to, to pile onto a guy like Malachi Moore, but that should be Brian Branch in that spot, if anything. Right. And so, you know, it, it, just a lot of these, it's, I'm nitpicking on them, but I included them in that roundup just because there, there's so many ways this could go. But, but right now to predict that is kind of crazy. Yeah. Once you get beyond Will and Bryce, who would have been first rounders this year, uh, it, there's so much to be determined and still. And, and I agree. Uh, Jordan Battle, certainly you need to talk about in uh, potential first round terms. But just look at the transfers in addition to Rick's that have come in. Uh, that have uh, looked to be a part of Alabama football for 2022. Just Tyler Steen at the offensive tackle position, Ty, uh, Tyler Harrell at wide receiver, Jermaine Burton uh, at wide receiver, Jameer Gibbs <laughs> at running back. I mean, just those guys alone, just the transfers, the imports uh, with that potential. And that's before, as you talked about, Emil and Toa Toa, and who knows what Jalen Moody might do this season at the weak side linebacker position. So a lot of things to consider the, the one thing I do struggle with, and you, you hit on it too. Uh, if, if Bryce isn't a top three or four guy in a f- way too early mock, I, I, I don't, it loses credibility with me. Cause I don't, I don't know what you were watching last season. Uh, look, all due respect to Will Levis. He's a, a very good quarterback for Kentucky. And I understand when you're projecting to the NFL, you look at Will Levis and he's 6'3", 230 pounds, good athlete, um, good arm strength, can make all the throws. But right now, you're going to tell me Will Levis is ahead of Bryce Young. You're going to put Will Levis going earlier than Bryce Young in a mock for next season. Now that's, that's tough. And even guys like Tyler Van Dyke quarterback for Miami. Um, I don't, I'm not sure he's, you know, an all ACC guy, uh, at this point, but I understand again, it's about projections and it's a tough job. It's one I would not want, uh, to be put in that, in that spot. But if I were, I can promise you, I'd be going with the, the proven commodities very, very high, in the first round, CJ Stroud, you want to put CJ Stroud ahead of Bryce right now? I get that man. Cause I've seen it, right? I've seen CJ Stroud play at a high level and I understand CJ Stroud is six, three, 215 pounds, but you know, I see Keely Ringo, the Georgia corner, uh, going to the Jags with the fourth pick in the first round. And it makes me think you know, somebody saw Keely Ringo with a pick six, uh, against a depleted, Alabama passing attack in the national championship game and said, Oh, he's six two, 200 pounds. He's top five pick. Did you see Keely Ringo get torched in the sec championship game? <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's very much a, what have you done for me lately type of situation? I understand that, but uh tough gig. Don't envy those folks that are tasked with coming up with these uh, far too early mocks. So, with that, Charlie, I think we've kind of run down the prospects for the 2023 NFL draft. Now, you talked about Will. We talked about Bryce. We talked about Jordan. Talked about the imports, the transfers coming in to impact this Alabama offense, especially. Um, is Brian Branch a guy? You 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 hit on this that that maybe of this upcoming group of Alabama draftables. Uh, isn't going to be talked about enough. What about Kyrie Jackson too? I mean, if you want to talk about projectability and measurables and those type of things, I would think he would be high on that list as well. 
Yeah, I mean, I think Brian Branch is in for a big year. Um, I think he's kind of solidified himself as that star position, and that's that's no slight to, to Malachi Moore. Um, you know, Brian Branch come, when they were coming in as true freshmen a couple years ago, Brian Branch looked like to look like he was going to be the guy at star, and I think he got banged up, might have gotten COVID. Um, there was a setback, let's just say that. And then Malachi Moore is an intelligent player; he knows this defense, and he's good enough to play in the SEC. And he, you know, took a hold of that job and, and didn't let go until he was dealing that back injury uh, this past offseason. And then, you know, we saw Brian Branch really, um, you know, solidify himself late in the season. So I think Brian Branch, um, with you know, going to his third year in the program, he's primed for a big year. And, um, yeah, you look at just the juniors on Alabama's roster, of course, Will Anderson's going to get um, a lot of the, the notoriety and deservedly so. Um, but, and, and then, of course, you got Bryce as well. But Brian Branch might be, you know, next man up in terms of guys that have pro potential right now. Um, I think JV and Cohen at, at uh, guard, you know, can certainly maybe play his way into thinking about or weighing his options. Um, you know, and not looking at the transfers, guys like Burton and, and Gibbs and Ricks. Uh, but, you know, it's it's really there. I think Brian Branch is, is the number three junior on this team in terms of returning players. And, um, yeah, I, I think Kyrie Jackson um, going into his senior year, uh, if he can hold off, Eli Riggs can certainly you know be a guy that, you know, starts moving up draft boards with that. You know, that in and of itself is an accomplishment of holding off a, a guy transferring in that was a starter at another uh, SEC program. But, yeah, I, I just think I'm a big Brian Branch fan. I think he's going to have a big year. I think he's going to be a really important piece of this defense and secondary. I don't think there's any doubt about that. He is a guy that can play anywhere in the secondary. And, man, when you look at Alabama's safety room, right, mm-hmm. and you consider, as we've talked about, the sub-package roles that are a part of that with Malachi Moore and – more so Brian Branch in 2021 and looking ahead to 2022. Uh, well, there's a lot of different things they can do with those guys. And even DeMarco Helms, when we're talking about draftable guys mm-hmm. uh, with a big year in 2022, could certainly push his stock into that top two or three round discussion if it isn't already there. So good stuff for Alabama coming up when you're thinking ahead to the 2023 draft. We're going to try to Stay in the moment. Be where our feet are, Charlie, (laughs) and keep it more about the 2022 season as we get ready for the arrival of another fall camp in just a few months. Uh, But still a lot going on at BamaOnline.com with Alabama baseball, Alabama softball as well. A couple of huge series for both those teams coming up with Missouri in town to take on the Alabama softball team. A very hot Missouri team comes to Tuscaloosa having won six straight in SEC play, Alabama looking to put a strong finish to the 2022 regular season before heading to Gainesville for the SEC tournament, Alabama baseball, a forgettable weekend in South Carolina last weekend being swept by the Gamecocks. Now, I don't know if it's desperation mode just yet for Brian, Bo- uh, Brad Bohannon's club. Charlie, but uh, need to win a home series this weekend with LSU in town. Yeah, that was a, a pretty big series this past weekend. You know, I think South Carolina was in last place going into it to get swept. I know it's on the road, but you know, Alabama need to, to probably win that series or at least pull a game from it, and they didn't. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting last couple of 
our last few series they've got three left down the stretch we'll, we'll see what happens but uh yeah it's, it's that time of year where you kind of shift your focus a little bit but there's still going to be football to talk about we're going to we're entering a golf tournament season where nick saban will have some media opportunities before mm-hmm. the the region's pro-am before the Knicks kids charity golf tournament so you know there's still plenty of that but yeah, we'll be able to, to shift our focus a little bit more toward baseball and, and softball. I know Kirk will be covering softball. I'll be doing some baseball stuff. So, But, yeah, I think with um, this series coming up and then two more left, it's going to be important for Alabama to win a couple of these that are at home. Absolutely. Nothing easy in SEC baseball. Same for softball as well, as we said. Missouri playing its best softball at the right time of year. Alabama stumbling a bit. Trying to figure some things out, certainly in that pitching rotation beyond Montana Fouts. Lexi Kilfoyle hasn't been herself of late. Um, so Murph got some things to sort through as he tries to secure yet another top eight national seed heading into the postseason. We'll have all those things covered for you at BamaOnline.com. Charlie Potter, Hank Sal, Tim Watts, myself, and of course the legendary, the Hall of Famer, Kirk McNair part of our staff as well charlie enjoyed it man enjoy dr strange um i'm gonna do some cinco de mayoing here on thursday and uh we'll catch we'll catch back up here soon ah, man it's always good to catch up for charlie potter travis Ryer, thanking you once again for joining us here on the bama online podcast if you haven't already how about a subscription to the bama online podcast if you leave us a rating and a review while you're there we would greatly appreciate it as well and of course you always want to hang with us there at BamaOnline.com, the roundtable premium message board of choice for Crimson Tide fans around the world. For Charlie, Travis, thanks again. Until next time, so long, everybody. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.